0: I want to just say as I begin reading our, our Bible reading calendar I, I start the year with uh, what I do is I start by, by reading through the Proverbs. Now when I was a teenager I read Proverbs every month and so when I get to the end of the month I just rewind and start back day one you know I'd start Proverbs chapter one because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs and there's usually 30, 31 days in the month and so you can just read a chapter a day and that's what I did and uh, as a teenager it just became kind of a practice and I would just read that every month. Well, this month, of course, what I do for now as I'm older, I, I read Proverbs in January along with Psalms and along with the Old Testament, and I follow that schedule. When I get to the end of June, I will have read all of the Psalms, I will have read Proverbs by the end of January, I'll read all of the Psalms by the first six months, and then I'll start into the New Testament, July through December, keeping on with the Old Testament, and by the end of the year I'll have the whole Bible read. Now, you don't have to do that. You could just read Proverbs every month, all right? Or you could just read the New Testament every day and read it through twice because you can either read the New Testament twice or read Psalms through twice. And so there's four different uh, patterns and plans in here. But if you want to get the entire Bible read, uh, you have to pay attention to the scheduling. Uh, otherwise, you'll, you'll end up reading the same things more than once. However, the point is this, is that you're reading God's Word every day. When I was a teenager, I read Proverbs a lot, and it may not, and, and I'll just be honest, it may not really have meant as much to me at the time, but I read it every month. And you get to the last chapter of Proverbs, and it's all about the virtuous woman, and a great chapter. We're not going to look at the whole chapter tonight, but <clears throat> it's, it's all about the virtuous woman. Now, throughout Proverbs, there are other things about women, and, and including the strange woman, and we'll mention that as well tonight and several of you have heard me say this and I do mean it and I started saying it to the juvenile uh, detention center chapels that we would go to for Star Academy when it used to be here And, and that is this, when I met my wife I had already been reading about her because I was reading Proverbs every day as a young man and also when I met or came across a strange woman I read about her too. And was able to recognize and, and be aware of that. The book of Proverbs probably did me more good than I realized, even at the time or even later. In fact, just this morning I was thinking about you know I probably, as we all do, don't realize how much of God's word uh, impacts us in ways we don't we don't we're not aware of. We're just subconscious to it. But the point is this: is that because I've read Proverbs a lot, I can call, not by, not by complete memorized or even chapter and verse, but I can recall that that's in the Bible and that's in Proverbs. Because the more you use it, the more it sticks with you. And so I want to encourage you to get yourself into the Word of God. It's not too late. It's only January, what, 3rd? And get yourself into the Word of God and read it every day. But tonight, we're going to just basically look at Proverbs for most of the time. And what I want to do is I want to just start in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 12. And as we go to Proverbs chapter uh, 8 and verse number 12, I want to look at a word tonight. And the word is prudent or prudence. And uh, Proverbs 8 and verse 12 says, I wisdom dwell <clears throat> with prudence and find out knowledge of witty. Inve- invention. Someone said you can have wisdom without prudence, but you need you need wisdom if you're going to have prudence, but you can have wisdom but not be prudent about it because the idea of prudence is that you do the right thing, you have the right action with your wisdom. You can have wisdom and do nothing and there's not much prudence in that, but wisdom and prudence do dwell together. And so it's important that we understand prudence tonight. And so I'm going to look at chapter 12, and we're going to just cover some different things to, and, and just give you some different ideas here as we go through Proverbs. We're Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. A prudent man recognizes it's not the time or place. Uh, my emotions are not in the right state. Uh, and so they're prudent. They recognize to cover shame rather than just make a fool of yourself verse 23 a prudent man concealeth knowledge but the heart of fools proclaim foolishness just because you know something doesn't mean everybody else has to know that you know something That's prudence, all right? Being prudent. And a prudent man concealeth knowledge. It doesn't mean he's withholding it from from someone that needs to hear it, but rather he is not letting people know that he knows something just so he can be uh, identified as as having some knowledge. But the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Also, it's important that you don't let out everything about you or in in, whatever situation. I've just always, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a poster child for Proverbs, but I've always been hesitant to give out too much information. And in this day and age, I think that's important to to just think about uh, because you never know who's out there who's listening or whatever, what might be going on. Uh, but And we're all, I mean, we're all creatures of habit. And uh, here I am about to say this on live stream, but if you want to rob my house, Sundays and Wednesdays are a real good time to do it. All right? Now that wasn't very prudent for me to just say that, but as Christians, people know. I mean, they know where we're at, what time of day we're at. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, I think of the Facebook post, you know, whoopee, going on two-week vacation, been waiting a long time for this. And somebody in the background saying, thanks for letting me know your house is vacant for two weeks. Uh, and so sometimes your brag about your vacation might not be a prudent thing. I'm just trying to use an example. And so we we just need to recognize that sometimes it's important that we hold our cards close to our chest when it comes to certain things. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 16 every prudent man dealeth, speaking of cards, dealeth with knowledge but a fool layeth open his folly. Be careful about what you are revealing. Chapter 15 and verse 2 says it this way, the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The other night we were watching a film and little Albert just blurted out something And what he blurted out was true, but he shouldn't have said it, and that's just because that's Albert and uh, that personality. And so, you know, we we need to be careful. Uh, The tongue of the wise useth knowledge uh, right. There are things that I know, and there are things that my mouth is itching to say, but it just wouldn't be prudent to say it. Now, on the other hand, there's been many of times where I played the fool and not heeded what Proverbs had to say, and so just just being prudent with our mouth and our tongue. Um, now the second one is Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. The wisdom of the prudent is to, is to understand and to know and to be wise about where he's going, what's going on in his life. Look at verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, But the end thereof are the ways of death. A prudent man recognizes the way he's going and whether or not this is God's way that he should be going. Uh, And verse 15 says, the simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Don't believe every word. I... Married to a ex Amish girl. They're so simplistic in their thinking because it never crosses their mind to be dishonest. And so, over the years, I have tried to tell her, "Don't believe every word." Now, to her credit, that's that's that just tells you what kind of a person she is. She she takes you as being honest, and she she assumes you're being honest. And she has, of course, learned over the years and. Uh, it isn't the way it used to be, but we've had people in our church, and I've had my in-laws uh, played the fool on the telephone. Years ago, someone called my father-in-law and said, "Grandpa, this is Sam. What was it? My nose? I broke my. I was in a car wreck and I broke my nose, and I need some thousands of dollars." And I don't want to tell mom and dad about it because they're going to be upset that I wrecked the car. Now, that should have been a red flag for grandpa. But grandpa really likes Sam. And somebody, somebody figured that out. Some, 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 some scammer figured out that there's a Sam that's connected to grandpa, and they scammed him. That's happened, that's happened to people in this room, not with Sam and his broken nose. But it's happened with people in our church. This this town gets hit a lot with that because there are a lot of retired people that live in our town. And the only reason why we even found out about it is a few days later, Grandma called Wilma and said, hey, how's Sam's nose doing? And it was Sunday morning and I was shaving. And Wilma came in and told me, and I'm going, "Ah!" because they got scammed. The simple believe with every word. Now, you say, oh, that's so... How could you be so stupid? Look, a couple thousand dollars isn't near as bad as what some people get scammed with. And I'm not talking money. Did you know there's false religions that teach a different way to heaven? The simple believeth every word. Because someone's dressed up looking religious and they tell you something. But a prudent man looketh well to his going. Where are you going? There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end there are over the ways of death. A few thousand dollars scammed isn't near as bad as getting scammed into hell. Because you thought that being baptized would take you to heaven, or joining a church, or going into a certain building and saying certain prayers would take you to heaven. The only thing that takes us to heaven is Jesus Christ. And salvation in him and him alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And just because... They're a minister doesn't mean you need to believe every word. You need to, that's why we have Bibles available for everyone to read it and say, is he really telling us what the Bible says or not? But the prudent man looketh well to his going. It seems okay, but is it really right? Verse 16 A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. From the early days, I remember my parents. I remember my mom instructing me as a boy, "Do not take candy from strangers." Just because a man wants to give you a candy bar or something, you don't, you don't, don't you ever get close to some stranger because they're trying to offer you something like that, or get in a car with a stranger or whatever it might be. And of course, when I was a kid, there wasn't any such thing as internet, but strangers on the internet and all that that goes with it. And the wise man feareth, he, he's, he's aware that there's a trap out there. Verse 17, he that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, but a man of wicked devices is hated. And verse 18, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. How do you behave and are you aware? See, here's the thing I need you to understand. No matter who you are, there is an enemy out there and his name is Satan. And Satan doesn't take vacations like you and I just took this week. Satan doesn't take breaks. He is on guard, he is on duty all the time, and he's always looking to see who he can mess with. The Bible says somewhere in Proverbs, I'm not going to look at it right now, but it says that the that the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. It's actually appealing to an adulterer or adulteress to cease to find out someone is clean or pure or whatever, because that's a That's a prize. That's a feather in their cap. Satan, of course, is behind that. And he's looking, seeking whom he may devour. He wants you and I. He wants our children. And when Christians pretend like Satan doesn't exist, I just, I get really scared. Because I'm very much concerned about what Satan can do. When we were first here, and that would have been 25 years ago, when we were first here as pastor, excuse me, 20 years ago, I'm losing track of my mind, 20 years ago when we first were pastoring at this church, it was in the old building, a little double-wide building, modular. And um, uh, we were living in Wyoming, and so when we were in town, sometimes we'd leave our kids at the church or we'd have our kids come with us, and and so I think I must have gone somewhere. I said, hey, Caleb, you're in charge, and Caleb was maybe five years old at the time. and uh, But Caleb, I don't care what happens, don't open that door. That door is locked, you keep it locked. If they're a church person, they'll have a key, they'll come in, that's fine. But if they don't have a key, you leave it locked. Well, I think Robin and her sister-in-law came by, and Robin didn't have her church key, and they came in and they said, we saw a little two eyes peek out in the window, and we kept knocking on the door, but they wouldn't open. And they were la- we were laughing about it afterwards, and uh, and Caleb said, "Well, Dad said not to open the door, so I didn't open the door. Miss Pryor should have had a key. It's not my fault." And but you know what? We taught them, hey, just be careful. And maybe Caleb was overboard with it, but you know what? We're trying to just teach them that there's danger out there, and it's not just with strangers. The TV's got a lot of danger on it. The computer's got a lot of danger on it. The smartphone's got a lot of danger on it. We need to teach them to be wary of danger. We're, we're conch, consciously aware of what dangers are out there. And so we constantly were concerned. We did not, as a rule, allow our children to stay overnight in someone else's home. I'm going to tell you part of the reason why. I learned stuff staying at my cousin's house that I shouldn't have learned. I went and played with Kenny when I was a kid, but then Kenny had a friend that lived across the way in the neighborhood and that friend was not a Christian did not come from a Christian family, but I learned things and and so we had to realize okay I had to I can't just keep them in a bubble; they never get to go anywhere, but at the same time there's danger, and we've got to be prudent about what. We are allowing our families to be exposed to and ourselves as well. So, we're looking at this tonight. Look at chapter 15 and verse 5. A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is what? Prudent. You know what reproof is. You get chewed out. And there is an attitude today, and I know you've seen it, and hopefully it's not in the room tonight. There is an attitude that just is against anyone who yells at me. And everything is defined as, yell at me. Used to be, in fact, when I first went to Newcastle, Wyoming years ago, I remember they had a coach that had come down from Spearfish, and he was known to be a good coach, and he started to implement what he was doing there in the Newcastle football system. And part of what he did was, if you make a penalty, you do push-ups on the sidelines during the game. You're, you cost us a penalty, you're going to do push-ups. Well, it embarrassed some of the families in the stands to have their kids doing push-ups on the sidelines. And so they complained, and finally the coach just said, I quit, I'm not doing it. You know what, we, that was 25 years ago. We live in a, in a world where you're not allowed to reprove. And if you reprove, you yelled at somebody. But the Bible says the fool despises his father's instruction. It's a good thing. Now, there's something wrong if you're always just getting yelled at or yell, somebody's got a problem. But if it's just once in a while, the father isn't just reproving, he's also instructing. But a fool despises his father's instruction. When the father says, hey, are you sure this is a good idea? Hey, have you thought about this? And, and the young man's like, I'm, how am I supposed to be my own person? Well, okay. But do you realize what father's, probably, what, what father's motive is? What, what do you think his motive is? He loves you or he's just trying to be a jerk? But he that regardeth reproof, he that actually appreciates, you regard it. Have you ever seen that phrase, warm regards? It means you appreciate it. You regard reproof. That's prudent. I appreciate the reproof you gave me. Thank you. Verse, chapter 15, verse 31 and 32 says, the ear... That heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. You don't just hear it physically, but you hear it in your heart. You receive it. The ear that hears the reproof abides among the wise. They are the prudent ones, they take it seriously, they take heed to the reproof. Some people play this game. Well, you you said it too loud. Maybe they did say it too loud, but what they said, was it right or wrong? Maybe they didn't have the best bedside manner, but what they said, was it right or wrong? What was their motive behind it? I, as a pastor, Man, there's a lot of times, especially my personality, where I say it too loud or say it too harsh or stomp on toes or whatever. But I promise you, I promise you, I am overjoyed when people heed the reproof. My motive is not to see people get mad and stomp out the door. Chapter 13 and verse 18 says, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Young people are so smart. You know, you know the saying. When I was a teenager, I knew so much. My parents knew so little. Right? But as I got older, I realized how smart my parents really were. And then chapter 29 and verse 1. Listen to this carefully. It, it says, he that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck. I think it's talking about the animal that didn't want the yoke put around his neck. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. If you're prudent, you will recognize that you need to be reproved once in a while. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that the word of God is for our reproofs and instruction. Where The, the man of God is supposed to give correction and instruction and reproof because we need it. Nobody in here, including me, can go our whole life, our whole year, without needing reproof once in a while, being preached to sometimes. And he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Now back in chapter 16. Chapter 16, and verse 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. The wise in heart Wow, that was very prudent. How did you know? And here's what I love to say. I'm dumb as a post. I'm dumb as a post. But I have an amazing book and I have an amazing God who gave me his holy spirit to lead me and direct me. And and so if you're wondering how did I do how did I make that decision? It was the prudence that I got from the word of God. It was, the, it was hiding God's word in my heart. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 15. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. See, if you're a prudent person, you want to know. called Ron Moses afternoon to ask him a question about something he said, "Hey, I want to ask you about the Bible and he has asked me some Bible questions. I like that. What I don't understand is why someone never ever wants to know anything about the Bible. Now I'm not saying you've got to ask me. maybe you ask your husband maybe you, you sir but but how can you never not want to know more or ask more? beware of the person who only asks questions when they want to argue versus just wanting to learn see the the prudent it says there again in verse 15 the heart of the prudent they're getting it they're seeking it the ear he's just seeking it he's looking for it I want to know I want to know I I don't I don't know everything and you know I don't know everything But if you think I know something worth knowing, you should ask. And if I think you know something I need to know, I should ask. I mean, if if there's certain subjects about different things that I, I mean, for instance, mechanics, I I don't know a whole lot about mechanics. I mean, I know some things. But if I need to know, I want to ask questions. Most of us are YouTubers now, I think, when it comes to that stuff. But we should want to know, and instead of just pretend like we know, Get. I want to get it. I want to seek it. And teenager, young person, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be too proud to say, hey, I want to get this. I want to understand this. Chapter 19, verse 14. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers. And that's a blessing when your father leaves you an inheritance. And it says "And a prudent wife is from the Lord. Your dad can't give you a prudent wife. You can't go down to the prudent wife store and buy one. Because there isn't a prudent wife store. That's gotta come from God. You you can obtain all kinds of wealth and not get a prudent wife, and there have been men who have obtained great amounts of wealth only to have a not prudent wife destroy it. Prudent wife is from the Lord. And speaking of a prudent wife, I mentioned Proverbs thirty one. It says, she looketh well to the ways of her household. She's prudent also. She's aware that there's a need. Her children, her family are clothed, they're never cold in winter because they're taken care of. She she looks ahead and sees the problem and deals with it. And a prudent wife is usually awarded to a prudent seeker, a prudent man. We have a son who is currently seeking and pursuing a young lady. You can guess who I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about the one you, that you see here. There's, there's another one. And God is, I think, rewarding his patience and his desire to find a prudent wife. And they're out there if you'll be patient. Chapter 18, verse 22 says, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Someone pointed this out, and I think it's worth mentioning. It's the man who finds the wife, not the wife who finds the man. I remember my mom years ago saying she was shocked when she saw, when she realized that there were ladies asking guys out. I guess that's common now. But when she was a young lady, that never happened. The men were the ones that were supposed to initiate that. But today we live in a world where a young lady will even give a guy a phone number. Listen to me. They're not prudent if they do that. Because how can they get know a stranger well enough to give them their phone number? So that brings me to the main verse tonight, and that's chapter 22 and verse 3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And then you go to chapter 27 and you look at verse 12 and it says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. This morning, J.K. was here with some of the others, and we were collating scriptures. And she said, today is my dad's birthday, so I want to tell you a dad joke. And she told us this dad joke. And I'll be honest with you, I can't even remember the joke she told. But it was something about two guys walked into a bar and something happened. And I said, well, that's funny you mentioned that, because I was thinking of another joke similar to that. And I remember mine. I can't remember hers. I said, and I got it from Ken Hovind, but here it is. Two guys walked into a bar, and the third guy ducked. That's pretty lame, isn't it? But you know why I remember that? Because it goes with this verse. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. The prudent man says, hey, there's a bar, I'm going to duck. The prudent man foresees a problem and stops from getting himself into the problem the simple pass on and are punished the prudent man says whoa 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 i need to pay attention here there's a problem there's a there's an issue here i need to pay close attention the simple pass on and are punished when i was a teenager a young young man, a young teenager, maybe 12, 13 years old. uh, We had a Ford Escort wagon. Front-wheel drive had just come out. It was like an 83 Ford Escort wagon and those little mini wagon things. And um, I was, we were going from Wyoming all the way to Seattle, and we were just going to do a straight shot, all night long, drive all night. So my dad, typical, my dad would drive. He'd be the first driver. And then he'd wear out about 3 o'clock. He'd be like, oh, I'm tired. And so then he'd wake up my mom. And, of course, she's, thanks a lot. You give me the 3 o'clock shift, you know. And, and uh, so they're like in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho or somewhere. And, and uh, so they switch places. And, of course, I'm in the back hatch. I'm curled up in fetal position laying in the hatch. And my sister's across the back seat. And, uh, and so my dad, he switches with my mom, and my dad, he pulls that passenger seat all the way back and lays back, and he starts to go to sleep. My mom is now driving across Interstate 90, leaving Idaho, going into Spokane. It's 3.34 in the morning, <clears throat> and there was this sign she said. She said, there was a sign that said bump. And she hit it at like 60 miles an hour, and it was a speed bump because they were doing road construction. She hit that speed bump at 60 miles an hour with our little Ford Escort wagon. In the very back, I flew from the hatch all the way to the roof and back down and hit my hip on the roof and came back down. My dad in the passenger seat levitated up and went back down, and my sister went up sideways and levitated back down, and my mom woke up. At 45, she hit another speed bump, and we're like, what? And then she hit the third one at about 25. What are you? I know, I She's so tired. I just, I just said, it just said, boom. Well, I guess so. I think we needed a new front end after that. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. We all have done stupid stuff because we weren't prudent to see the danger that was coming. And the Word of God and the book of Proverbs will teach you how to avoid a lot of this and how to be prudent and how to recognize, hey, I foresee the evil. See, foresee means that you don't actually see, you just can foresee it. It's not right in front of you, but it's close enough for you to get. There's a problem. I can see what's coming before it actually comes. Prudent man foreseeth the evil. And hideth himself. That's what you need. Young man, young lady, you need prudence. Parents, you need prudence. And even grandparents, we need prudence because we can get easily taken and the simple pass on and are punished couple places. You keep your finger in Proverbs if you want to, but Exodus chapter number 9. In Exodus chapter number 9 it's the middle of the story where Moses was with the people in Egypt and God was sending plagues. And they had the frogs, and they had the lice, and they had the boils, and there was all these different plagues and it was really starting to mess up the the land of Egypt and it was becoming obvious that this man Moses had a God that could do this stuff. Well, you get to Exodus chapter 9 and God tells Moses in verse 13 and following of Exodus 9, I'm going to send hail. And you make sure that everybody is out of the, of the uh, open air spaces because I'm going to rain hail and it's going to be hail that will kill the cattle. It will be hail that will be heavy enough and strong enough. It will kill everything that is outside. And so then you get to Verse number, um, I'm just going to pick it up in verse number uh, 19. Send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field shall not be brought home. The hail shall come down upon them that they shall die. They're just going to die right there. Verse 20. He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses. So as Moses is telling Pharaoh... And as Moses is giving orders that God's going to rain hail on everybody, Pharaoh's too proud. And, and the Egyptians, they're proud. But the servants of Pharaoh are going. Um, and they texted their wife, make sure everybody gets inside. Because after frogs and after lice and after red river, after river turning into blood, we're not taking a chance with the hail. Why? they could foresee the problem. The servants were more prudent than Pharaoh was. You know why they were more prudent? Verse 20. He that what? Feared the word of the Lord. That's prudence. When you're prudent, you say, if the Bible says it and you go against it, that's bad. Verse 21. And he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field and they all died because they did not regard God's word. See, the prudent man says if the Bible says it, I'm going to listen to it because that's prudent. And number one, you just need to believe God's word. If it says it, it means it. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it's going to hail today. It's going to hail today if God's word says so. You need to be aware. Stay away from the danger. You've heard me say this before, but maybe there's somebody here that hasn't. I used to drive a propane truck for a while. And when I first learned, I was with this one outfit, and this guy, he, he was a smoker. He managed the, the propane business, and he, he was a smoker. There's a huge bumper sticker on the back of those trucks, and it says, no smoking within 25 feet. He said, come out with me. I'm going to show you how to operate this thing. And we go outside, and he's got this thing hanging out of his mouth, and he grabs the hose, and he hooks it up, and he's flashing all up, and then he turns on the pump, and I'm going, oh, oh, oh. I'm just, I'm just, oh, scared me half to death. What? Wow, I've done this many times. I ain't blown up yet. Yeah, but something in me says it could be today. I, you know, within a few months, I transferred to a different company just because of that. He was really easy to work for, but I never knew why I was going to blow up. Why? The prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Secondly, back in Proverbs chapter 7. I read this every month. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement, and I beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, not prudent. Passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. He walked near to where this harlot woman, this strange woman lived. Just just walking by. And she caught him. And she allured him. And verse 22, it says, He goeth after her straightway as the ox, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me, therefore, do not fall. Now, the adults in here can answer this real easy. Have men fallen for a woman all the time? Samson. And men that we can think of in our own lives. The prudence says that's not where I'll be. See the Bible Proverbs calls her the strange woman. The strange woman needs to remain strange. What does that mean, Pastor? You need to not be familiar with the strange woman because if you get familiar with the strange woman, she's no longer strange. She's familiar. I don't want my sons to be familiar with Taylor Swift, and so they're not. They've heard the name. They probably know what she looks like, but they're not familiar with her. A lot of other men are. A lot of men are familiar with Taylor Swift. They're familiar with every ounce of her body. That's just one. I really like that orange car that has the zero and the one on it and the and that cool flag on the top. And they called it General E. I really like that way that flew through the air. When I was in first grade, I watched that. But in first grade, I didn't I didn't even know that there was a Daisy Duke in the show. Because I was first grade. But my mom said, You ain't watching that. Because I don't want you to get familiar with what they want you to get familiar with on Daisy Duke. And there's only one reason why she was on the show. One, because she was a great driver. See, the prudent man says, hey, this is the allurement. This is how it starts. And, and so then we get familiar with it. And so then it's like, well, what's the matter with it? And dad does it. And, and what's the big deal? And, I like football, but, but not the Dallas Cowgirls. Um, see, we need to recognize the difference between prudent and not prudent. Chapter 9 and verse 16 says, Whoso is simple, she says, this is her talking, Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, You want to learn something? Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Divorce is just common today. Adultery is like no big deal today. Shacking up is just, in fact, shacking up is applauded as long as it's not homosexual. Listen, they're they're both sins called fornication and the prudent recognizes the danger recognizes what can happen if I fill my mind with that kind of thinking and with that kind of music um, so here's, here's a phrase I hear it I don't listen to country music but I hear enough country music just going about you know society. And so there's a phrase. I've heard it like this. It goes something like this. I see you looking at me looking at you. In other words, she's interested in me. It must be a sign. That's the way the world thinks. Well, hey, I was telling somebody the other day, you clean up your act and you get yourself organized and you you walk on two legs and you look like you took a bath today, you're going to attract some girl out there because there's so many that ain't even doing that. You look like you got yourself organized. They're going to be like, wow, that's interesting. Just because somebody's interested in you doesn't mean it's God's will. We need to understand that God has the right one for us. And Satan's got the wrong one for us. Young people need to get that. I'm going to have to go quicker to finish this up, but Satan has a lot of traps. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 8, that he is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He wants your kids. He wants your marriage. He wants you. He wants to destroy. A roaring lion. Lion. Everybody in this room tonight would be different in your thinking. If a deputy came in here tonight and said hey listen there's been a mountain lion sighted he's somewhere running around here. I promise you that Erica would not let any of those kids go out and just run around. We would send Mr. Spear. No. There. Listen there is a roaring lion. There really is. There is one. And he doesn't hear about, uh, he, can, he can come in here through the internet, through your phone. There is a roaring lion out there. And he does want to devour. And he does want to destroy. And 1 Corinthians ten twelve says, Wherefore to him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest ye fall. They say that David was probably 50 years old when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. You're never too old to fall into sin. <clears throat> There's never a time where you, you should ever say, "Wow, well, I've arrived now, I can't sin anymore. Boom, you're about to hit it. Satan has traps. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, quickly, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In chapter 4, at the end of the chapter of 4, talks about Jesus returning. And I'm looking forward to that day, aren't you? The Lord returning with a shout, and the trumpet will sound. And it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, verse 18. But then chapter 5 says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as upon prevail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We need to be sober-minded and realize we're in those days right now. And if you're a child of light, if you're saved, you recognize what's going on. And when the rest of the world's like, yeah, that makes sense, we should get a mark implanted into our skin so that we can make sure that we're safe and our kids are safe. The Bible believing Christians are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, but peace and safety. Verse 8, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for in helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. We're living in those times. Jesus said in Mark 13, verse 5, he said, be wary, be careful, because in the last days, these things are going to happen. Mark chapter 13 is all about the latter times, and especially the last part of the chapter. And you get to the last verse, and it says, watch and be sober. Why? Because the prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. This teaching that we can't know. Now, we do not know the day or the hour. But this idea that we can't know anything at all, it, it likens it to a woman with child. That would be real dumb for me to say, well, she's pregnant, but we have no idea when it could happen. Well, we get, an, we, get an, we can get a night. We don't know the day or the hour. But we know if a, lady, if a lady is pregnant in January, she's going to have it before the end of the year. We know that. And, and as Christians, we ought to be able to say, hey, we're getting close to the end of the time here. Let's watch what's happening. Let's pay attention. And lastly, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 concerning being prudent. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God requires his people to believe. We have to have faith. We have to trust him. Verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Through faith we understand that the world's were framed. Through faith we believe and trust him. And then verse 7 Here's a man, I was just reading about him in Genesis chapter 6 today. Here's a man, he's very famous because he built a huge boat. Hebrews 11 verse 7, by faith Noah. See, up until that time, there was no rain. If you read the first six chapters of Genesis, it says that the the earth was watered by a mist that came out of the ground. There was no rain back then. But by faith, when God warned him, it says, by faith Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Now, if you had waited till after the rain and the flood came, I promise you, everybody else would have been more interested in the ark. If God had sent like a a trial run, if God had almost flooded the world, probably more people would have got on the ark. But God wants faith. And the prudent man foresees the evil before it's there. And the prudent man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord, knew something, and so it says in verse 7, moved with fear and prepared an ark. And you've probably heard Bill Cosby make fun of this story. What's an ark? I heard one preacher say, they didn't tell Pollock jokes back then, they told Noah jokes. Because this thing took him a long time to build and it was huge. What are you going to do with that? You didn't even build it by the water. Talk about stupid and they probably just laughed at Noah. But the prudent man foresaw the evil and he was going to hide himself and his family. The simple passed on and they were punished. And it says, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And the prudent dad says, we're going to do right, we're going to follow the word of God, and we're going we're gonna to believe in that ark because the ark's a picture of Jesus. We're going to trust in him, even when the world laughs, even the world mocks. And everything else in the world right now is much more important than Jesus. But if you're prudent, you're saying, no, we need Jesus more than anything else out there because we foresee the evil and we hide ourselves. I have no idea, and neither do you, what the next 12 months will bring. But as we move, move forward, we're going to start to realize, hey, this is what God wants us to do. And the simple will pass on and be punished. Let me ask you a question tonight. If you died, where would you go? If a flood came tonight, would you be in Jesus or would you not be in Jesus? Would you be saved or would you be lost? The prudent man or woman perceives the evil and hides himself. The simple pass on and punished, And I love how it says he saved his house. I'm so thankful my parents became Christians and they began to teach me. And I'm so thankful that we've been able to teach our children. And hopefully now our little grandbaby, John Lee, will learn. And that, that prudence that can be passed down will save the house. The simple pass on and are punished. Don't be the simple. Read the wisdom. And understand it's there for today. I see some young men in here, they're not married yet. Don't swing at the first pitch. Just because she's cute and just because she sows interest doesn't mean you're supposed to marry them. My rule was, and I got it from my parents and I passed it on to my kids, if she's not a Christian on the same page, we're not going to be interested. We don't want to be unequally yoked. And if I meet her at church, praise the Lord, maybe there's a sign. These two sitting right here, guess where they met? Never forget years ago, it was Christmas week. We were babysitting this little girl their mom was invited to a work party, Christmas party. We babysit the girl for a couple hours. Mom came home and she was a basket case, crying, just crying, because she'd found out her husband, the father of the baby, had been fooling around. And she was an absolute mess. And she was sitting at our kitchen table, just weeping puddle of tears on the table. And I felt so sorry for her. And my, my wife, she just, oh, we're, we're just, our hearts were broken. We hardly knew her, but she asked us to watch the baby, and so we were just so sad. And So I started to talk to this young mother, and, and, I, and I started asking her questions. And, 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 and she's a beautiful young lady. This young mother is very, very beautiful, but her husband. And so I started asking her questions. I asked her about her salvation. Because I thought, no matter what's going on with her husband, she, she needs to be saved. And so I asked her about, about salvation. Have you ever been born again? Have, have, do you want, and I started to witness to her and give her the gospel message about we're all sinners. And she, and she, she listened, and then she, she calmed down, and she said, well, I, I did. I did get saved when I was in Sioux Falls. I was at an Awana at a church, and I prayed for salvation. And she said she was saved. So then I said, so what about your husband? She said, oh, I don't think he is. Shouldn't have married him, right? So then my next question was, so where did you meet? Does anybody want to guess what she said? B-A-R. You don't have to do it that way. God's got a better way. We haven't had many weddings in our church, but it's exciting when you have a wedding where you can say, this, not these people, they're not perfect, but this is how God wants it to be. This way. And praise God for second chances. Because raise your hand if you are always prudent. Today, Dallas's baptism showed up on a memory three years ago. There's been some rocky roads over the last three years, but praise God for the second chances. Be prudent. The prudent will foresee evil and hide themselves. Recognize danger and step back. But the simple pass on and are punished. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for opportunity to teach and preach and to explore how wonderful Proverbs really is. That was just one word in Proverbs, prudent. Help us to be prudent people. Help us to allow your word to saturate our hearts and minds and make us prudent and wise and foreseeing the evil rather than simple and being punished. Lord, thank you. Give us the directions. Thank you. You give us the roadmap. Help us to follow it. Help us to really lock in to what your direction is. And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.